0: So for the past several weeks, we have been saying that you are in a spiritual war. We might not think that there's a war going on around us, but even right now, there is a war going on all around us, a battle for our minds. And if we do not take seriously this idea that there's a war happening right now, a battle for our minds, we will become casualties of that war. Using the 23rd Psalm as the foundation for this message series, we have been picturing a feast, a feast for you and for Jesus, just the two of you, something that Jesus sets for you. In the presence of your enemies, he's prepared an abundant feast for the two of you. We've talked about the tactics that the devil uses to ensnare us, the the lies and the whispers that he places into our ears to throw us off and to distract us, as we pursue a faith in God. Last week, Pastor Jane shared with us about the battle for our mind. The truth is that everything is won or lost in our minds. And the way we win, the way we fight this war, is to keep our minds thinking about what is right, what is true, what is praiseworthy, what is pure. When our minds are fixed on the things of God... We don't give the enemy a seat at our table. And so today, knowing that we're in a battle, I want to ensure a path for victory in our lives. You know the problem. You know that the enemy will come at you. You know there's a battle raging for you, even if you don't see it, but there's a battle raging for your mind. So today, let's learn how to keep the enemy from sitting at our table for good. Permanently, for good. The battle is won or lost in our mind. You, it's won or lost in your mind. Your thoughts can only be held captive to God or to your enemy. There is no middle ground. Please hear me say this again. Every thought you have is either captive to God or to the enemy. There is no middle ground. Last week, I had the privilege of catching up with a friend named Kathy Who's been interested in this topic of uh, don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. And as we grabbed a bite to eat, Kathy uh, shared with me how uh, she's been seeing the enemy. She's been seeing the enemy working in her life clear as day. As she's been thinking about this, she's, she's had moments where she's looked back on her life and, and, and issues where she might have had a moments where she might have had an issue with someone. Maybe a personality conflict with a coworker. Or maybe there was a difference of opinion with a family member, these differences and these conflicts would have caused her to think negative thoughts towards these people, thoughts like, you know, that guy's a real jerk. There's no way I'm going to help him the next time he has a project and he needs help on it. Or, I can't believe my mother did that. I am not talking to her. I am not talking to her for a while. Let's see how she likes it. In the past, Kathy would have seen these people and she would have thought that her issue is with them. But now, after hearing about this message series of don't let the enemy sit at your table, after learning how the enemy tries to sit at your table, she realized her issue isn't with any one of them. Her issue was with the thoughts that she thinks about them when conflict comes. Now she's identifying the thoughts, and she's working to change her attitude, and in that way, she's able to not let the enemy sit at her table the battle for relationships, our satisfaction in life, even our joy, it is all won or lost in our minds. Your thoughts can only be held captive to God or to the enemy. There is no middle ground. I have an illustration I'd like to ask you guys to see, and the girls, if you'd come up and help me with this. So here we have God, we have the enemy, And we have our thoughts. Whenever you have a thought, you must choose one. If you don't identify, last week, Pastor Jane, she called it uh, holding captive. If you don't keep captive your thoughts, if you don't identify which of these two persons your thoughts are aligning with, they're going to slip over here. If you don't pay attention, they are going to slip over here. Because that's just the way we're wired. It's going to happen. It takes effort to to pay attention to the, the kind of thoughts that you have. Because here's the thing. Our enemy is crafty, and he is subtle. He will sprinkle seeds of doubt into your life. And before you know it, those seeds are the things that are choking out. They are weeds that choke out your faith. Your thoughts can only go to one or the other. There is no middle ground when it comes to your thoughts. Taking your thought captive... Taking your thought captive so that it aligns with God is a daily practice. But this is the one, this is the one that keeps the devil from sitting at your table. Girls, thank you. You did a great job. Can we give them a round of applause? Thank you. Good job. In in the book of Numbers, in the Bible, in the book of Numbers chapter 13, Moses and the Israelites experienced the enemy sitting at their table. And it cost them 40 years of God's blessing. You may remember the story. The Israelites, they had escaped from the Egyptians, and God was leading them through the wilderness. He was leading them to what he called the promised land. And so the Israelites had escaped. They were on their way to the promised land. And when they got to the edge of the promised land... God told Moses to send one man from every tribe, the 12 tribes of Israel, he sent one man from every tribe to go into the land, to spy it out, and to give back a report. So Moses does this. He sends the men into the land for 40 days for them to spy out and learn all that they can about the land. And then we pick up our story in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. This is the report that they gave back to Moses. They said, we entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns were large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, The Amalekites live in in the the Negev. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb, one man amongst the midst, one man spoke up. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once into the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Numbers chapter 13. This is how the enemy works. If he can frighten you, if he can make you feel inferior, and if he can make you feel hopeless, if your enemy can grab control of your mind, then he wins the battle for your soul. The Israelite spies came back, and and did you hear what they said to them at the very end? Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought about us too. Can I ask you something? How did the Israelites know what the giants in the other land thought about them? How did the Israelites know what the Canaanites thought about them? Did they ask them? Did they walk in as a spy and say, "Um, hey, uh, how you doing? I'm here to take over your land. Just out of curiosity, what do you think about us? Do you think we could do it? They didn't do that. Of course they didn't do that. They were spies. They didn't talk to anybody. A seed of doubt and mistrust had been planted in their minds, in the minds of God's people. They came against conflict, and they let the devil sit at their table. He whispered in their ears, you are nothing. You can't do this. You're too small. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. And they didn't take that thought captive. They let their minds run amok with it, and as a result, they wandered in the desert for 40 years, never to taste God's Just like the war that's being fought in our minds, the path to victory is found here. It's found in our minds as well. The devil prowls around seeking to destroy us. He is not shy about that. He is tricky and is mean and his goal is always the same. You cannot stop him from prowling around your table, but you can stop him from sitting at your table. The path to victory has three steps. First is we have to examine the seeds being scattered into our minds. When I was writing this message this past week, I happened to pause at this point of writing. And I looked out the window. And if you may remember, this past week there was a lot of wind. It was a pretty windy week. And as I looked out my window on this windy day, I happened to see there were these leaves blowing across my yard. And one leaf in particular caught my eye. There was nothing special about it, it was just a leaf. But it started, I, I caught its attention, and or it caught my attention. And I was watching it roll along, blowing along in my backyard. And I imagined that the leaves that I saw in my backyard were seeds being dropped by the enemy. There were many leaves blowing, but I focused on this one leaf, and while I had my eye on it, I could follow it wherever it went in my yard. As long as I kept my eye on it, I could follow that leaf. But if I took my eye off it, that would be a problem. As long as I had my eye on that leaf, I could actually, if I wanted to, I could have walked out the door. I could have gone over to that leaf. I could have picked it up. I could have thrown it away. I could have crushed it. I could have burned it. I could have done anything I want with it. Because I never let go of the sight of that leaf. But if I let go of this sight of that leaf, if I took my eye off that leaf, I would lose sight of it, and before I knew it, that leaf would blow away out of sight and hide somewhere in my yard. Now, I'm not sure what you all think about the spring weather. It's coming, which I'm excited for. But there's something I'm not looking forward to, that spring cleanup in my yard. And the reason I'm not looking forward to that is because last year, I took my eye off some of the leaves that entered my yard. And I didn't clean them all up before the winter months. And so the leaves that I didn't get my eyes on earlier in the year have blown into the corners, into the crevices of my property, and they're going to be hard to get rid of. Here's the point. Here's the point. If I get rid of the leaves when I first see them, and if I don't take my eye off of them, they're a lot easier for me to clean up, and they don't cause me a problem down the road. The first step to walking in a path towards victory is examining the seeds that have been scattered into your life, getting your eyes on them, identifying those thoughts that you have, and identifying which ones are coming from the enemy. Your thought has either one place to go or the other. Identify which thoughts are coming to you from your enemy. The next step towards this path towards victory is to pull up and to toss out the seeds that don't match up with God's best for you. I cannot stress this enough. Every battle in this war that we are fighting is won or lost in your minds. Your thoughts can only be held captive to God or to your enemy, there is no middle ground. So after you examine those thoughts, decide which camp they fall into. Do they fall into the camp of God, or do they fall into the camp of your enemy? And if it falls in line with your enemy, your job is to pull it out and to toss it away. This means putting safeguards in your life. If you find that you think a certain way when you're around certain people, you might need to not be around those certain people. If there are words and ideas that come out of your mouth, when you are around certain friends, it's time to pull away from that crowd. If you're tempted to compare yourself to others, (coughs) when you're scrolling on social media, then it's time to put the phone down. If your thoughts linger and you lust after someone or something on a screen, If your heart is tugged because of a relationship that you read about, you think, boy, that's more appealing to me than the relationship I have or the one I wish I had, it's time to turn off the TV. It's time to turn off the computer to put the screen down or to put the book down. After you examine your thoughts, you decide which camp they fall into, God or the enemy, and if they align with the enemy, if they align with the enemy, victory will only come if you pull up that thought, uproot it, and toss it out. That's the only way. The third step in walking a path to victory is to change the way that you think. After you've identified the seeds that are sprinkled throughout your life and you've compared them to either God or to the enemy, changing the way that you think is how you will keep the enemy from sitting at your table. And at first, I'm going to tell you, this is going to take a great deal of effort. To change the way you think takes time and energy, but eventually, it will become like breathing. It will become second nature to you. You won't even have to think about it, because your new thinking will be your present thinking. The change we make is to realize that the seeds, no matter how many of them, even if there were as many seeds as leaves cast in my yard this year, after all of winter, those seeds, those leaves, they can all be removed, every single one of them. And it's not because of how strong our willpower is or how creative you are in setting up boundaries. Those seeds that the enemy uses to sit at your table, they can be removed because Jesus does the removing. That's how they get removed. This past week on Instagram, I happened to see this slide. And this is what it said. It was a slide, maybe you've seen them before, like me and then someone else talking. Like I say this, uh, I don't think I can do this. Jesus says, you don't have to. I've already done it. How many of us have thought, I can't do this? And Jesus just stands there and says, you don't have to worry about it. I've already done it done it. Victory isn't something that you do, it is something that has already happened. It's already happened. The message of the gospel is that Jesus has won total victory himself. God makes a way possible for each of us because Jesus has already won the victory. It's what we're going to be celebrating in just a couple of weeks. At Easter time, Jesus came out of the tomb. He beat the power of death. The devil knows this. It is the devil's greatest fear, What keeps the devil up at night is you, you, realizing that Jesus has won the victory. That's the thing that keeps him up at night. He's so afraid that you will finally realize that Jesus has won the victory. Then all of his whispers, all of his distractions, all of his temptations, all of his attempts to sit at your table will fail. On the first day of this message series, I mentioned to you how the outcome of World War II changed forever when the Allies gained a foothold, they gained a beachhead in the beaches of Normandy. The entire world, the entire world changed on June 6th, 1944, because Hitler's power was broken. Once the Allies created a beachhead, a foothold into Europe, there was no way that Hitler could win the war. But the Allies had to continue to fight. They had to push further into Europe and take back ground that had been lost They had to keep fighting because here's the thing. Even though Hitler had been beaten, he wasn't just going to give up. He wasn't going to give up. He would fight even after his power had been crushed. Even though victory was certain, the Allies had to keep fighting. Like the Allies, our victory is won. The victory is won. But you continue to push in and you continue to keep fighting by renewing your mind and changing the way that you think the victory has been achieved jesus has won the victory but your enemy doesn't give up he continues to prowl around seeking to destroy so when you see the enemy coming to try and take a seat at your table remember that you're sitting across from the good shepherd remember he has set a table before you. And it's just for you. It's for you and for Jesus, for no one else. The enemy is not invited. Keep identifying the lies that that don't line up with God. The ones that line up with the enemy, the ones that don't line up with God and put guardrails in place to protect you from his attacks. As Pastor Jane told us last week, think about what is good. Think about what is good. Memorize scripture. Hold on to the stories like the one I just told you about Moses and the Israelite spies, that when those lies, when they tell us that we are inferior, like we're walking around in the land of giants, that we're but insignificant grasshoppers, that the reality is that we do not have to be afraid. God goes before us. He paves the way, and Jesus, Jesus has won the victory. Have confidence that Jesus has won, and if you do that, you will keep the enemy from sitting at your table forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, we are talking about big things today. Learning how to capture our thoughts, take them captive, and and hold them before you. And Lord, we just pray that you would allow us to see that the kernel of faith that you've given us, even the faith of a mustard seed, is enough, Lord, for us to claim the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, when we feel insignificant, when we feel small, when we feel like there is nothing that we can do right, when it seems like the enemy is is about to devour us and he is sitting at our table, Lord, we pray that you would help us to put things in place, to put ideas in, in, in their place, to captivate those thoughts and understand, to submit them, God, to you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to have the courage, the courage of Joshua, Lord, as he led the people into the promised land, to not be afraid, Lord, that we would be as a people able to walk in such a way that we have confidence in you having the victory for us. We pray this all today in Jesus' name. Amen.